0: Today's episode is brought to you by my good friends at Kletka Undersea, clothing company built on thousands of hours spent roaming on and under the water. Visit Kletka.com and enter promo code DISOCEAN15 at checkout for 15% off all merch. They, uh, they
1: call it the 100-foot Wednesday. It went from a paddle day, this giant, it was the day before Thanksgiving, hoed him into this wave and Faded way too far and just got pummeled. So I went in there pick him up. I was skid 100 yards plus outside of mushroom rock. Went in there and grabbed him threw him on the ski and I kind of looked over my shoulder. I went, Alistair, jump! And it was so much current that I, I went right into the rock. I tried to push off the rock and go, and the wave is like I dove off the ski.
0: If you Google the word Waterman, you'll see a variety of definitions that are all relatively similar and include something around being a master of some skill in the ocean. The definition that I grew up on and very much honored to this day is the version where Waterman is defined as one who has achieved a certain level of mastery across multiple ocean disciplines. And as someone who spreads myself pretty much way too thin across many disciplines in the ocean, I'm so stoked to have the opportunity to have my good friend and waterman, Vince Broglio, on the podcast today. The cliff notes of his waterman resume go like this. 40 plus years surfing in Santa Cruz, California. Surfing Mavericks before pictures were ever published of that wave in a magazine. Running jet skis as water patrol on the biggest swell days out there. Hand shaping and glassing thousands of surfboards and other watercraft, kite surfing, toe surfing, wing foiling, and on top of it all, he's an incredible artist creating unreal sculptures out of surfboard resin. But perhaps my favorite aspect of Vince is his longevity in the water. He's still ripping today when many other guys have hung it up or taken many steps back. I can say a ton more here, but would rather just move aside now and let Vince share with us his ocean life. Enjoy. You asked me a minute ago, like how we, I got started with this, and one of the reasons why, as I mentioned, was like all the legends in our town of Santa Cruz. Joy Thomas, we mentioned that. Uh-huh. I've had other friends of ours who are you can call them legends, and then you've been in that on that list for a long time based on <laughs> your history here.
1: Maybe. uh thank you. But a legend in my own mind, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and very humble as well. So one of the things. I was thinking about this, like how to start these podcasts are always hard. And I was thinking about you and you know a ton of people. And if I met somebody who knew you, I said, hey, when I, when I say Vince Broglio, what do you think of? Depending on how they know uh-huh. you, they might say, oh, awesome ripping surfer. Somebody else might say, oh, that guy rips on the foil. Somebody else huh. might say, oh, he's been shaping killer boards and glassing boards forever. Somebody else might say, oh, he's winging, he's kiting, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. Yeah. And somebody else might say, he's an awesome artist so let me ask you that question how would you describe yourself
1: in and around the water first and most of all surfer hands down That was in my blood then always wanted to build surfboards ever since high school used to tear apart my boards and kind of reshape them glass them figure out how to do all that stuff kiter foiler artist but surfer in the heart
0: Hands down. Yes. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that ain't coming out of my blood. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's interesting because I wonder, yeah. like, would somebody start, if you started, let's say, kiting, would you transition to surfing? Like, it always seems like surfing is the core thing and people then branch out over time yeah. just to try different stuff.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, just the thing to keep me in the water more. Whatever the water is, the fountain of youth. So keep it in the blood. And uh, when the waves are crappy and you got wind you can go either foiling or kiting and uh, especially if the, you know, you got some waves and there's good wind, the kiting
0: is just you want wave quota. Yeah. Yeah. And that's (laughs) one thing. Nonstop. Yeah. I I think that's awesome that you make use of all ocean conditions. I'm still struggling with like the wind and like cursing it versus like utilizing it for my fun and Uh guys like you and others are like, you're like embracing yeah. it. You probably cursed uh, it back in the day. Oh, yeah. I was like- in a, Yeah, I was in the same way. I
1: never liked the wind. And people in the early days were trying to get me into kiting. And I was just watching people getting dragged across the beach and beat <laughs> up. I was like, no way. And then uh, Jake Wormhout one day goes, hey, I just learned. I'm learning how to kite. You want to learn? And I was like, sure, let's do it. And this is the best thing I ever said, just to get in there and do it.
0: And yeah, I, I could ride a 5.9 again. <laughs> I know, you can claim that one. <laughs> yeah. So did, did it take a guy like Jake Wormhoff, who was like a, you know, a deep core waterman, yeah. surfer guy, uh-huh. for you, who, who said, dude, you need to come try this for you to be like, jump? No, or? no,
1: no. He just mentioned it. Yeah. He just like, right in the very beginning of the pandemic, where it was a good south swell at the lane, and he's like, yeah, just BS in between sets. And he goes, yeah, I'm just learning how to kite. You ever thought about it or something like that? And I was just like, I'll do it that go just like that
0: no looking back since no looking back yeah yeah that's cool man so what do you <laughs> do like the one thing too about having all these hobbies if for me which i don't have all the ones you have i have other stuff like fishing and spearfishing so you just have all this and gear diving. Yeah. yeah yeah so you have all this gear you want you have gear manage that fund it buy it get new stuff but also then like sometimes you like how do i pick what to do you know <laughs> you have all these. that's
1: options. it's not that hard to pick
0: Waves are good, you're surfing. Then if the wind's
1: up and you, got, you have waves, then I'm going to kite. But if you, there's a lot of wind blowing, do a downwind run with the foil. I'm That's on it. Best. And even sometimes if there's a little bit of waves and it's on a weekend, crowded kiting, just jump out in the water and do a downwinder.
0: Yeah, nice man. Got all your bases covered. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, I'm getting there. Like, you're so good at loaning out equipment and helping me with the foil and stuff. And I got four from you back in the day, and I'm trying your board to get the wing going. And, like, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get on your routine where you can embrace the wind versus, uh like, freaking hate it.
1: To me, it was like all you guys with the ghost riders, you know, it's all the, you know, the paddling downwinders and stuff like that. I hate paddling. As a surfer, <laughs> I freaking hate paddling. I'm mean, it. It's yeah. too much pain.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, for no reward. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so you know, you guys are doing your downwinders. You're enjoying it. You know, you're catching the windfalls yeah. and stuff like that. But get on that foil, and it's all play oh, and all man. fun. There's
0: no pain. Yeah, the only not,
1: pain maybe I'm, is your legs are crapping up you, because you're riding them for so
0: long. But, oh man. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> well, one day I'll get there with you. I'm getting there slowly but surely. So let's kind of, I guess maybe okay. rewind. I mean, yeah. so we talk about the ocean is fundamental to you in a lot of different ways. Not only are right. you like riding a bunch of different craft and different right. times on the wind, just waves, but you've been building boards, shaping boards, glassing like mm-hmm. that as well. So you have like the two different like dimensions to your right. kind of ocean world kind of. So it started from the very, very, very beginning. And like, how'd you, everybody has an origin story where they were introduced uh-huh. and it clicked for them, yeah. you know? So what, what was yours? When did you first get in? So
1: for me, I was watching the Endless Summer on TV. I was 11, 10 or 11. Yeah, I think 10. And then, you know, the back then, the 60s, the whole skateboard craze and all that. Summer of 71, I went to uh, Oahu to go spend a month and a half with my cousins and uncle. That's my cousin, pushed me in my first wave. And I I still remember that after 51, two years of surfing. Yeah, Waikiki just pushed me, just felt the power of the wave. I was just like, that's it.
0: Instantaneous. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, in the Endless Summer, had a little something to do. You know, it was a cool factor of being surfers and uh, trying yep. to think of Mike. Uh, what was yeah, his name? Yeah, Mike Henson.
0: Yeah, we had yeah, you know, the, the, whole, the slick hair, the sunglasses, <laughs> the Ray-Bans. <laughs> that was my favorite guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch that movie, and we're just getting, like, excited about surfing. Then you go to Waikiki, which is, like, the perfect place to learn. Oh, yeah. Got pushed in, and then, then what? So then you come back to Cali, back home. Yeah,
1: back home, I was a valley kid, so I could only get over every so often until I got into high school. And then, you know, cutting class and (laughs) getting my mom's car, driving over and surfing all the time. And yeah, that was the beginning. And back then in the 70s, being a kid from over the hill in Santa Cruz, you (laughs) really had to watch your P's and Q's. You really got you know rocks thrown at you, you know, verbalized, and burned all the time. <laughs> you just you, you just had to take it, you know. It's like okay, yeah. I'm gonna pay my dues and make. I'm gonna be a better surfer out of it. I'm gonna fucking show these guys I can surf you surf better than this. Yeah, you, you know, you give me shit. Okay, I'm fucking gonna surf. Try harder. You know that kind of shit is good for some. You know, yeah. some people you're just gonna step up to the plate and yeah. fucking go. Okay, I'm gonna push push it and yeah. not fucking crawl behind a fucking rock and whimper.
0: (laughs) And so that was never your problem, like coming over, like take, not taking that, but realizing that was part of the life of, if you wanted to eke out your existence, surfing in Santa Cruz, you had to deal with that. Yeah. When you were starting to come over, like come to Santa Cruz from like where you were living was like about 30, 40 minutes away. Kind of. Oh yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah, So close, but still like you have in Santa Cruz, you have like a spectrum of waves where places you could surf. East side, west side, there's beaches there. So you kind of ended up gravitating towards here on the west side. So how did you decide when you first started coming over here? Our friend's
1: grandmother had a house on West Cliff, bought in a like 65 for, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 25,000. And so we, you know, we'd go over there during the summers when we were kids and stuff and hang out there. And so, yeah, the west side, you know, surfing up the coast. That was one way to kind of get away from a lot of stuff, you know, from surfing the lane. Cause I mean, laying on back then 20 guys out was a crowd and then, you know, going up the coast or it'd only be like three or four guys and, you know, certain days it'd be more crowded, but yeah.
0: Uh, I love the stars in that era, like of just when surfing wasn't really cool yet, Yeah, you know, like yeah. it was still just kind of fringe and almost yeah. kind of looked down upon Exactly. and just so like heavily regulated within yeah. the crew of the different places and especially in Santa Cruz, which is like kind of the very much a Mecca of the time. So yeah. then I'm guessing, so tell me then you, you're like a teenager, you're taking your lumps, and then suddenly you're like a little bit older. You're not yeah. like the, the Grom in the water anymore. Like, yeah. so at what point did you like then move here and just entrench? Oh, right out of high school.
1: Right out of high school, I worked at Pepsi for a year, then went to New Zealand, hung out there for three months and at Raglan pretty much the whole time, learn how to surf the left. Because yeah. <laughs> Santa yeah, Cruz, no, I'm a goofy footer, so there's no less around here. I pretty much didn't know how to go left too much. <laughs> Spent there and learned how to go left, got more confidence. And then on the way back, uh, my buddy was living on the North Shore, right on the point of uh, sunset. I got there for three, four weeks and kind of like, okay, that built up more confidence. So I can handle sunset. And so, yeah, that was a really good
0: trip Yeah. Me. I bet. I bet. Imagine when you're back when you're 20 years old again. you are been living uh-huh. in Santa Cruz at that era. What describe like the lane, steamers lane, like for everybody listening, is like an iconic yeah. spot. Heavily regulated. What was a day like at the lane?
1: Yeah, the guys that didn't want to go by the the rules, they got dealt with. I mean, you had your certain foresters. They lived up to it, and they got you know you can get away with it. Uh, no, there wasn't cell phones. People weren't, you know, calling the cops and stuff like that. You're an idiot in the water and you got dealt with it and fins busted out, punched or cars waxed up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, my one story was after I got back in New Zealand, uh, it was about a year after, surfing the lane, classic, VC was out and Joey, you know, just a whole group and then I got this really good middle peak slot wave that was one that just wrap and have a really good wall on it. And VC drops in and comes off the bottom, came off the bottom and did a snap right underneath him, And he jumped on my back. I don't know how I did it, but I threw him off, kept on surfing. And I went, okay, I know what's going to come down. And fucking he gets on the next wave. Fucking veins were just bulging out of his fucking neck. Feet red. Like, kicks out of the way right in you know right in front of my face, jumps off. I was just like, okay, went down for a dunk and came up and like a month and a half later we're good buds. So it was pretty classic. That's classic, man. Yeah.
0: And so he just had to like get it out and oh yeah. Realize yeah. you weren't going anywhere. You yeah. weren't but like I'm, and you're back yeah. the next day. Yeah. yeah. Or even yeah. that same session, you're like, Oh yeah, I stayed out. Yeah. And yeah. he's because like, that was how kinda how you had to do it, right? Oh yeah. So if yeah. you would have split, that would have been you never oh, yeah. yeah, I would have been fucking That's that classic. guy's a mark guy. <laughs> Wow, yeah. He's a Mark, man. Yeah, I love those stories of like, I miss that kind of era. I remember being like the Grom when all that was happening, like the t- 10 or 12 year old watching that, like scared shitless. When uh-huh. anybody by the name of Vince, because there was oh, a couple yeah. of Vince's back in the day, <laughs> the DC Vision, was like, oh, God. And I remember yeah, seeing that going, oh, hope he didn't see me yeah. or hope he heard him accidentally.
1: Yeah, then Joey, you know, Joey was just a phenomenal surfer out there. Just, God. You was know, such a treat to watch. M.V.C. Roof, Rich, Charlie Heitman, another really good one, and
0: Wally. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, Wally was that classic. Yeah, I mean, you could like just tell stories about like one of those guys for hours, let alone all yeah. of them. Like that's the thing—the richness of like the Santa Cruz surfing stories of back in the day are just incredible. And so yeah. that's one question I was—I was curious about asking too. I mean. You kind of had you, you named up a bunch of guys who, if you were here in Santa Cruz those mm-hmm. recognized names that are now yeah. old, some have passed on, ripping surfers for that era, right? Yeah. With the boards, the oh, t- yeah. all of that. And then kind of Santa Cruz the surfing kind of changed too. It was like the flea, the rat boy, oh, the that like guys, whole generation was a whole insane. new world who brought yeah. surfing to another level globally. Yeah. Kind of started here. So you've seen this really cool transition yeah. of surfing. So then talk about that. Like suddenly when you see like the fleas, etc., cetera, doing stuff like a whole nother level. Well,
1: let me go back one. Didn't mention Kevin Reed. Kevin was so ahead of his time. He doesn't get credit. One thing was cool. He got inducted into the uh, Skateboard Hall of Fame oh, wow. la- last year. He should be in the uh, Surfing Hall of Fame. He was doing airs before anybody. Christian Fletcher gets all this. Yeah, right. It fucking pisses me off. Because he was way before. Way before. Way before. Uh, There was a cover shot of him in surfing magazine, I think in '76 at Stockton, and you know, busting tail out of the out. And uh, that guy, I mean, watching him surf the harbor, just like pulling in barrel, coming out doing a three sixty. Yeah, other level. Yeah, next level. And so his, he really got all the guys doing the airs. And in '82 when the Rivermouth was that really good year. The uh, 82 Bar, that's when Kevin, his heirs really came. Boston Heirs left and right. So that's where that whole generation really got the air thing. And then you know, the other guys along, yeah. That whole group of Flean, Rat, Loya, Mel, the Wormies. Yeah. Just the, this, the Rat Pack, the Acker Brothers. Yeah, the next gen. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just the Rat Pack coming through. It was really cool to watch. And they it were, was fun, right? Oh, Exciting.
0: Yeah. A lot of stuff happening. Uh-huh. Like, they, well, were just, they were just
1: like beating each other up, too. It was just like they would heckle each other so hard. It was just pushing each other so hard. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to be better than you, you know. Just watching all that was hilarious. And
0: a huge scene at the lane, the oh, lot. Oh, God, like, yeah. The,
1: so they put the parking lot in 86. Before that, it was a dirt field. And, yeah, that was just, a you know, money days, rainy days. You're out there doing donuts and stuff like that. Before the parking lot, when it was money filled, so the cool spots were the park, were, you know, Walt spot. That little parking in the car lot was the... Those were the spots, then you know, field, because usually wintertime, muddy and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But then uh, they put the the park, the state park, and there or the back then it was mm-hmm. a city park, and then that w- that just became the, the hangout. <laughs> and the surfers, uh, all the guys ran that parking lot pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> This, this one winter, was, God, it was hilarious. Uh, the wife's going to kill me on this one. <laughs> I got a fart machine, <laughs> remote control <laughs> fart machine. And we put the speaker over by the stairs. And, you know, it was after everybody's surfing, beers are going no and everything way. else. And uh, people would walk by and we'd hit it, you know, and people would like look at each other and kind of go, oh, my God. The best one was lady walks by with a stroller, hit it. She picks her baby up and sniffs the butt like oh <laughs> god. Oh my god. You guys must oh have god the whole everybody was just going off on that one.
0: That's like out of a movie or something. <laughs> oh the antics I'm oh sure. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's no, so that was pretty good. It's that, so classic. That, yeah, that was I know what an iconic spot if you think about like that, and you know way more than I. The shenanigans that went down in such a small little zone, like a parking lot here and a parking lot across the street, and yeah. that little block, at like whatever, yeah, a couple hundred square feet, or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine just the stories oh. that just happened oh. on that that asphalt? You yeah. Know?
1: Oh my God! Yeah, it was this you know weekly barbecues there if the waves were good, weather was good. Before the um, the whole Mavs thing showed up, that was, you know, the spot. The spot. Or if it got really big, kind of lane got washed out, then that whole scene just moved up to Mitchell's and Swiss Street.
0: And Yeah. How that. fun, man. How yeah. fun. Kind of like the heyday, you know, like uh-huh. just a different world, like you said. No social media, no video cameras. Yeah.
1: And, you know, you, you had to earn your respect. Like I helped out with the Santa Cruz high school team, and this one kid was complaining one day. He was like, yeah, I get no respect out there. You know, and the kid's been surfing a couple of years for a couple of years. He's, you know, a decent surfer. I'm just like, Hey, got to earn that. You're not, you just don't get things given yeah. to you. You know, you're not going to be around that much. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you really love it, love what you do, put your time in, mm-hmm. take, take the lumps, make yourself a better guy
0: out of it. Yeah. That's a great you know, point. And that's kind of lost a, little, yeah. a lot of ways now, especially with, which we can get into, but we won't. Like Localism's dying everywhere. You know, oh, yeah. It's like Palos Verdes guys are getting yeah. arrested for, like, and I'm not yeah. defending, like, brutality, uh, but yeah. still, it's that.
1: It's, you know, it's definitely a good thing. You know, the that one movie, The Bra Boys, mm-hmm. The what was that one uh, phrase in it? You know, come enjoy your beach, but just respect the yeah, history it's of it. simple, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, don't be a donkey mm-hmm. out in the water. Like, I've never, every time been over to Hawaii, so many times can't even count, but I've never had one issue over there. Mm-hmm. I've always like, Hey, I'm in your area. If I take off on the wave, you burn me. God, it's yours, you know, yeah. yours, I'm kicking out. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here visiting. So, you know, people would travel like that and kind of respect that and don't be needy in the waters yeah. you, you don't, you don't need the
0: fucking vocalism. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Back to like the lane that time and let's pretend it's like eight late eighties, nineties-ish. Like there's another thing like happening here that's world famous and is like Mavericks, right? Yeah. You know, did the Jeff Clark story, all that kind of stuff. At some point it was you and Mm -hmm. others were like, Well, what's this? Yeah. So tell me about the first time you how were you introduced to that? So
1: the first time, so it was Dave Schmidt and Tom Powers came back that day from surfing it with Jeff. You know, they were telling us all about it. And then the next day, I went up with Dave Schmidt and met up with Jeff. We we're over there uh, by Ross's Cove looking out towards the left. You know, I see this wave coming in. They're kind of mushy. I'm like, really? This is what you guys are talking about? They're like, oh, no, no, wait. I was like, okay. All of a sudden, this one wave came in and just like lurched and threw I'm like, oh my God. And uh, that was my first introduction of it. And it wasn't quite big enough to really surf that day. Kind of ended the, the season, then I went out the next year started surfing it, and you were like stoked, you're excited, were you scared? Oh, yeah. hesitant oh, like oh, scared different yeah. the world than oh yeah, way like middle peak I'd take off at anything at yeah. middle peak, I don't care how big yeah that that wave was a whole different animal because it just comes and just throws out, and there's so much energy in that spot, yeah, I remember the first day surfing it was uh Bud Miller. Vince Collier, Jeff Clark, and myself, we paddled out. It was probably like 18 to 20. Yeah, I just remember just like paddling the first wave and I was on the outside of the lump and I was like looking over the You're thing like, like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ended up getting like four waves that day. And I remember the the wind started coming up, Jeff and Vince went in, me and Bud were out there and we were kind of like bickering back and forth. Like, you go pussy, you yeah. go, you pussy. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that's the wave where you have to be underneath the ledge to drop in. That's, you know, you see all those really good wipeouts and the guys are on that side yeah. of the ledge and yeah. it's getting booger flicked.
0: So what was your, yeah. fir- your first beat down? What was that? Do you remember that? Like you know what? Being I, I was about-
1: pretty cautious out there. Like if I wasn't 100% positive mm-hmm. going, I wasn't going to. Yeah. You know, I was, if I wasn't 100% I was going to make and I wouldn't go. I just remember this one day, it was kind of a hard offshore, solid 20, handful of us out, and I turned around. My rule is I'd never paddle for a first wave in a set. So I ended up, I think, turning around paddling, and I kind of felt like I was in the right position, turned around, paddled for a wave. I went to go, I caught it, went to go stand up, and I could just feel myself getting blown backwards, and I was like, fuck, and I dove off. I was starting to go over the falls with it and my board pulled me back for some reason. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but got me back, got my board. And I remember like paddling and Richard Schmidt sitting on top of the wave, Uh, the next wave pointing outside. (laughs) The last thing you wanted to see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I fucking made it over every wave just like, yeah, I was white knuckled. Oh God. Yeah. Just fucking, I think I had to push my board through one wave, but yeah. That uh, was... You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Worst beating, though, out there was Cohen. I was, I was trying out some uh, stuff on a, a board with fins. So with surfboards, when you change in the angles of the fin, the cant to them, it'll either loosen it up or stiffen it up. And I had them kicked out, canted out pretty far because I was trying to get my board to release and do like a mid-face turn get a good carb underneath the lip. Alistair brought me in hot behind the peak, and I was like, okay, perfect, this is it. I got down to the bottom, and I hit my bottom turn, and spun out, <laughs> got sucked over the falls, bounced off the bottom. I didn't think it was two-wave hold-down, but uh, Brownie, God rest his soul, he goes, Fucking and that was a two-wave hold-down. Do <laughs> you remember being under there? Like, what was going on through your mind? You know what? Richard Schmidt always said, "If you start to panic, count." And I, I just remember it was fucking black, and I, I, I didn't pa- I didn't panic back then. In my lungs were, I could hold my breath for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, but I, when I came up, I felt pretty good, and then uh, went back out for another wave or two. Then all of a sudden, my muscles just started. Freaking season.
0: No way. Yeah. Like I got sucked all the yeah. <laughs> oxygen, everything out of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. End yeah. of the recession there. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, too, you started, you got a jet ski. You started doing yeah. that as well, start, but also yeah. you transitioned into the helping guys. So being like water rescue and being out there. Right. So how did that kind of develop from surfing to developing to like helping?
1: So there was one year, I can't remember what contest it was at the Mavs, and they had, um, State lifeguards out there and they weren't doing their job. And me and Adam, and I think it was Alistair too, were just like fucking going in picking up guys. this is like, come on, you know, we got state lifeguards. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah you, yeah, you should be doing your job. Yeah. Here. And so, yeah, the next year, Jeff got a hold of me and got the whole thing going on that. And then, you know, we had really good training from uh Sean Alario, K38. God, she's hands down. She is really, narly. yeah, early. The one year, the biggest year, the 2010 year, where it was macking, mm-hmm. and Zach got that freaking bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the heaviest day out there for um, rescues. It was just big. It was mean. I remember going in, getting a perfect pickup on Carlos Berlay. And kind of when you get in the inside part of the reef, it gets really turbulent in there. So I came in there and grabbed them, threw them on the back of the sled, went to go take off, and I couldn't grab any water. Just spinning. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> told them to dive off. I got pummeled, came up, and I swam to my, my ski, and I was just about to grab it, and I got taken out again. And then came up just in time to see my ski go into Mushroom Rock.
0: Oh, just you saw it
1: yeah just boo! i was like no and then uh swimming in there then uh shot came in grabbed me got me to my ski started right up no just no cracked way. a little piece of plastic and then uh drove out all the way up and i was at so they were putting me up on the top part because we kind of do rotations so i was sitting there up on the peak and i see this spider crawling out of my handlebars I was just like, man, you just got the best ride of your life. So it's a spider living in the Annabarsky ski that survived all of that yeah. and like woke up and was like, "What's going on?"
0: No way, that's unreal.
1: Yeah, that was classic. I'll never forget that one.
0: So. I got to talk to like Zach Wormout, I'm is actually, I'm actually looking at his house as your mm-hmm. neighbor and he's been on here before. And he, he credits you with basically probably saving his life. Like at least a couple of times. Like, so do you times when you're like, yeah, it was probably good. I was in there to help this certain person, whether it was him or else, uh-huh. because it was just a gnarly situation. Like, do you have any memories of gnarliest
1: run? one was supposedly the, they call it the hundred foot Wednesday. I got two good stories on that one. That one, first one was with uh, me and Alistair. It went from a paddle day, this giant, it was day before Thanksgiving, towed him into this wave and he faded way too far and just got pummeled. So I went in there, pick him up. I was skid 100 yards plus outside the mushroom rock. Went in there and grabbed him and threw him on the ski and I kind of looked over my shoulder. And I went, Alistair, jump. And it was so much current that I went right into the rock. I tried to push off. The rock and go and the wave just like I dove off the ski and, and uh this I don't know if, to this day if I got like washed over the rock or around the rock or whatever. But yeah, that was heavy. heavy. Yeah, that was really heavy. And then the next one was this one day super west well. So you get the late bowl that kind of you think you're in the bowl and the whole thing jumps over south to the late bowl And so me and Richard were Schmidt, we're kind of eyeing it out early in the morning. We're going, okay, super west, play it safe, don't fade too hard. And so I whip Rich into his first wave, and I'm riding up on top, and I just see him fading back to the bowl. I'm like, Rich, what are we just got done talking about that. Don't do it. And he gets caught behind, Ford hits him in his leg. Just misses uh, the femoral, what was the artery? Oh, the femoral artery? Yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that at the time. So, I mean, he's bleeding pretty good. We get him, pick him up, and uh, get on the radio, got the ambulance coming, all that. Got him to the dock, ambulance to the hospital. I forget how many stitches he got in his leg, but the nose of the board got him. No way. Yeah, he dove off. Drilled in. in. Yeah, so he dove off in front of the board and it drilled him. That, that was
0: probably the, the heaviest rescue. Yeah. Wow. So how has it changed up there? Like we talked about the lane changing, uh-huh. you know, and different people, different generations, if you will, starting yeah. to surf it. And, and same with like Mavs. Like I've been on the outside looking in with the friends that I have and surf it. What's the progression been? You mentioned like, oh, you know, it was like five of us yeah. and then it was 20 of us. And now yeah. there's probably like 50 of us. Oh, the more. Are, yeah. <laughs> so how has that yeah. been, you know? Last
1: time I was up there it was uh, last, was it last year I toad wore me into that big wave. I don't go up there that much,
0: but I fuck, it's just an insane. The show. last few yeah. years, like, it's yeah. been a, a different, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's I mean a lot of it, you know, people are doing it to get recognition, which is fine. But you gotta know your level if you're just being out there, you know, paddling around and getting in people's way. You shouldn't be out there. To me, if you have to rely on your best you shouldn't be out there. <laughs> to me, I don't even see how people can surf with those things. Yeah. It's just like, I can't even surf with a hood on it. It's too much. <laughs> uh, but, but what the guys are doing now, are, they're taking it to fucking next, 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 next level. Ways the guys, how big waves those guys are dropping into the lines they are pulling in. Just, yeah, it's just, I love real. it. I love it. Just, yeah. you know, the boards have gotten so much better. Really exciting. What the guys are doing out there. But, you know, then again, you know, a lot of those guys, you gotta, how everything's forecasted out, you know, all of a sudden you just get a lot of people out there, which is a, kind of a tight bowl. I kind of feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> Travel all this way, yeah.
0: just sit around with like 50 other dudes. Yeah. yeah. When we come back, Vince talks about his career of shaping a glass of surfboards, the intricacies of board design. He takes us through his resin artwork. Stay with us. Those stories up there, like you could sit and talk about them all day and like I could keep (laughs) asking you stuff. Yeah, I love all that. Now, but one thing I want to get back to is you're known, like your name is synonymous with a lot of different stuff. Mavericks, Surfing the Lane, but also like Shaping and Classic. Big thing. Like I have multiple boards from you. You do a lot of different kinds of boards. You're showing me your wing foil boards that look super sick. So Thanks. how did all that start? You mentioned you were hacking on stuff when you were a kid, and then you made yeah. that into a career. Yeah. Like I said, I always wanted to work on surfboards, and and it uh, I made it happen.
1: So I started out doing ding repair, working in the surf shop, doing ding repair, started working for uh, Arrow, doing the gloss and polishing. From there, I opened up my own shop. Did everything myself uh, after getting out of that aero shop. And I've been doing everything myself for the last 35, six years. I started out just glassing, contract glassing for Joey Thomas. He was my first client. Mark Going, phenomenal mm-hmm. shaper. I voted top 20 in the US of shapers without even having a big label or a team or any of that kind of stuff. The guy was just super humble, super great shaper. And then then uh, this guy out of Monterey, Brett Bisbo, And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, did that for quite a few years. Then uh, about 2008, uh, going was getting out of shape and you kind of saw the writing on the walls where all the big labels were just kind of trying to take over. So he got out of it and then I was like, I'm going to start shaping. <laughs> and that's how that whole thing got going. When I started glassing back then, there was... A ton of shapers in town and no glassers. And I'm like, okay, I was glassing and it was like, you know, being a shaper is like being the rock star
0: and I'll be the bass player. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, the that. backup guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's how that whole thing go, got going. So you saw
0: the need. You're like, yeah. all these guys shaping, but nobody's glassing. You're like, huh? Yeah. I could be a shaper and be like one of 20 yeah. ripper like, yeah, and try to eke out that little bit or I be could, the guy that they use. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so that's how that all got going. And, you know, if, you know, people ask me, oh, I want to get into, you know, building boards and this, that. I was like, I always tell them, okay, just start, you know, basic. Work your way up. Just, you know, learn how to do a ding repair really good. and Then, you know, because all that just goes into your next step. And it's kind of like construction. Every step, you got to make it clean. Like, you're not going to go... Put up uh, sheetrock on a uneven, mm-hmm. you know, wall that's out of plumb, and the same thing with you know board. You're not gonna glass it if it's all messed up, or you know your glass, you know your bottom layup, you know, get a really clean file on your lap, go back and glass it, and you got air bubbles because it's all lumpy and all that stuff. So basically, construction. Yeah, <laughs>
0: those are two very different disciplines. Like glassing something, like fiberglass resin mixing, yeah. like that's one thing actually shaping the board to suit somebody's needs, yeah. the symmetry of it, uh-huh. the hydrodynamics or of it all. It's very different. God, so yeah. how did you kind of like morph into that shaping aspect? So,
1: from- you know, we're working a lot with Joey Thomas and Mark going, you know, having them watching them shape my boards, I wanted to be in there watching that and kind of learn stuff. That's brought over. That's how I was able mm. to bring that over and put it into uh, my own designs Uh, My own theories, you know, I've had when I used to go to the North Shore and I would have really good conversations with all kinds of different shapers and just, you know, think about different theories and that kind of stuff. And one guy that was a genius was Mike Croteau. I mean, say what you want about the guy. He was (laughs) one of the characters mad scientist you know he'd do he could do just phenomenal work or he could just put out something and you're like oh my god what is that thing <laughs> <laughs> but no he he had really good ideas he was a mad genius yeah so to me it's uh, the most two most important things are the bottom curve and the fin placement and fin angles before i started shaping going maybe this one board and it was an all right board i was like I really didn't like it that much. I was like, I want to see if I can make this thing work. So I started making uh, different flexes and different, like going into the vector foil and all that stuff. So I made that board of pretty much a dog into a magic board. So,
0: fins, I'm really big on fins yeah. on, on boards. Yeah. And and flex. That's cool. Like you were, you're glassing, but every time it feels like, I guess maybe, is this true? Like somebody drops off a bunch of boards they've shaped. They're like, Vince, I need these glass. Like, yeah. got it. But as you're like not just glassing, you're looking at them, you're oh, kind of oh, checking yeah. them out, you're yeah. thinking, and you're just looking. already absorbing. Yeah. So you kind of had yeah. this like interesting like education and board design and creation. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And then at some point you're like, hey, you got a block yeah. of foam. Yeah. And you started. So when was that first thing you actually shaped yourself? First board, I shaped myself with a
1: was it a twin
0: fin or a twinser?
1: I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. But yeah, I just went in there and uh into going shaping room. You're yeah, like, how much going try. Was it going or going or Joey's? I can't remember because they had to say it. They shared the same space. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, I want to do it. I can do try it. it. Yeah, how'd yeah. it come out? The first one, blow a smoke up a butt, yeah. but it, it worked. <laughs> it worked for you. Yeah, uh-huh. that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, this guy. No, this guy was uh, out surfing. This guy goes, God, that border looks like it's working really good and fast for you. I want one. So and you, the, yeah so yeah. you're
0: always interested in like that kind of again that hydrodynamic like thing like yeah, you're always thinking yeah. and so you started toying around with boards a board here a board there and then you like you said going got out of the industry yeah. and like kind of opened like a vacuum where there was like guys need That's boards it. and there was a spot for you yeah. to like, start shaping
1: yeah it was tough though i'm gonna admit it was yeah you know, i bet it nowadays and right when i was getting into it the big labels and, you know, the sales reps were going oh, yeah. up and down the coast and stuff yeah. like that. And I'd be talking to the guys, Hey, you know, talk to him about a board and the sales rep pull up and instantly a guy goes over there. You're yeah. just like, but that sales rep knows more than I know. <laughs> but you know, I get it. You know, when I was a kid, you, you know, you look through the mags, you go, the brand yeah. label recognition. Yeah yeah, fucking yeah. Killer. yeah. yeah.
0: So get all that jazz. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah, that you, is part you, of it.
1: You just, yeah, you, you can't get pissed about it. You yeah,
0: just, like, fuck, that's what it is. But uh, you've found a nice following of people who appreciate like more handcrafted yeah. boards that's built by somebody who gets what they need. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So when I'm working with uh, somebody, I know what I like,
1: but that doesn't necessarily going to be what you like. I always say one guy's nightmare is another guy's dream. So when I'm working with somebody, I want them to bring me a board to see what they're mm-hmm. writing. And then see if I can improve on it. This is like, what do you like about this board? What you don't like about the board? And kind of like, okay, I think I can do this to the board and make it better. Yeah, that's, so yeah. just keep the fingers crossed. Yeah. Just uh, another quick story with uh, me and going. I had two boards from, one was magic, one was a good board. So we went back and mapped everything out and it was a 32nd of an inch difference. Width? No, and just like maybe it had a little bit more concave here, this and that, just a little. I Tricky. mean, just like you're talking like a pass with a screen one or two times more. 30 seconds. And they look exactly the same. You oh, can never oh, tell yeah, until yeah, you did that. Yeah. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. I mean,
1: that one board could have had a little bit more flex than the
0: other yeah. board. Yeah. It, yeah. The nuances are so like subtle that yeah. like you really don't know. Yeah. So for me, the best boards I was riding. This one time, Rich came back
1: from Hawaii, and he had this. It was um, a soft top board, but not. It yeah. had a carbon fiber mm-hmm. inner core to it. That was one of the best boards <laughs> I, hate to say really. I ever rode. It was really good. Lane slot was going off, and it's like, oh yeah, you got to try this thing. And it's like, I tried to spin that board out. I couldn't spin it out. The harder I pushed, really? the more flex I got off the bottom, and the faster I got to the top. And same thing off the turns. I mean, like uh, the top turn coming back down, it like really pushed it and just drove it back down. After that, that was '96. After that, I, I didn't put stringers on my boards. Really, because yeah. that flex,
0: the flex. You are sold on it, yeah. Yeah.
1: So what that kind of does you can go with a little bit flatter nose rocker entry, mm-hmm. so you get a little yeah. bit better paddle, yeah. and then and mm-hmm. then a little bit better down the line speed, but when you hitting your turn, you know, think about a snowboard on a groom run, how that thing flexes and generates that energy in it. Then when you kind of release your weight and it springs out of the turns Mm -hmm.
0: exactly with the board. It's funny. Like I take all that for granted. Like I just grew up just like riding whatever was in front of me and almost like, challenging myself to ride some piece of shit dog board to oh, see if yeah. I could, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. But like, I just never like, we all have our thing and like the nuances of board design. Like, I just like, I don't know, I'll just try it and yeah. I like it or not. Like, yeah. but I love, I love listening to it Yeah, I don't understand any of it. You know, yeah. it's this thing. It's cool that people have that mind where you can like, look at the third down to the one thirty second of whatever, like the, In angle, like there's so much to it that people, I think most of us, people who serve have no idea how complicated and complex it can be.
1: But as Coletta puts it, you only have one rail in it at a time, so don't
0: get over it. (laughs) (laughs) So simple. yeah. So how (laughs) many boards do you think you've glassed and how many do you think you've shaped in your career? I keep zero count. Ballpark (laughs) it. We well, talking thousands, 1,000, so, 5,000. Oh, like yeah. Glassing. Start there. Yeah, yeah. How many think you've glassed? Oh, shit.
1: Um, <laughs> I used to do 500, over 500 a year okay. for a good 10, 15 years. Okay. And when I was working on Aero, I was doing about 1,000 to 15 a year. Or north of 10K easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then shaping is probably about a thousand
0: or so. Yeah. Is there one board you've made, you've shaped that stands out either for you or somebody else where you just like, for whatever it was, you're just like, oh,
1: Oh, well, yeah, it was, uh, so we'll go back to that, uh, the flex in the board. So this one guy, um, this guy, Dan Mann out of uh, San Diego, works with Firewire and stuff. Uh, He came up with this blank called Inside. That was the best blank I've ever used because he had a, uh, it was opened up the blank like a sandwich and he had carbon fiber laid inside the blank. So you'd have two halves right. and then, you know, close like a the back. a sheet
0: of carbon fiber
1: through the middle Middle of, of the blank. Those had that flex that I was looking for out of the boards. I had this two boards that were freaking insane short board. And actually take that bag. I had a 610 too with that. I rode so many good waves on that 610, like big middle peak and John Street and all that stuff and worked just insane. Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. So kind of back to that, when I say geeking out, I say with love, but like geeking out on like the hydrodynamics of stuff, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. So you've also kind of gotten into like the foil thing. Right. Very much all of that. Oh, yeah. In a bit, probably way more than surfing, like yeah. that whole world. I don't know shit about board design. I really don't know anything about foil design. Uh-huh. But you you seem to be like, you're stoked on it, you get it. So how right. did like, tell me about like the foiling thing that's came so, here the last five, six, seven, eight years. Like how'd yeah. you get into that? And what are you doing now?
1: So got into it with Zach Wormhout. Zach's on, yep. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, this is gonna be the new thing is like, and he went out and got one. And then, uh, so he, I remember he tried, He's like, oh yeah, you know, I need a board. And it's like, I go, let's just put some boxes in board. Yeah. Not knowing yeah. anything know. about yeah. that yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah. oh. contraption. Yeah. So he went out and tried to go out to Saber Jets, the worst place oh. ever to go. And he got got his butt handed to him. He one day tried to go out to Cows. Then it was about a few days later, it was uh, Zach, myself, Craig, were you on the boat? When we towed behind Zach's boat, no, I was not. And so we're going like, okay, Craig, you're the young guy. You're yeah, going first. Go. He gets up the speed. The board pops up out of the water and flips <laughs> on him. And like, it looks like he just cut off his man, Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're like me and Zach are looking at each other going, oh my God, good thing you already had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was an introduction. And just, you know, like that thing would come up on foil and you're like, Come up and then slam back down. You're like, I don't know how that happened. What's going on? It, it took a while back then because the equipment was garbage. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Big, heavy foils. Just and boards uh, that were just, not really meant for that
1: kind no, of thing. No, no. So, yeah, then I kind of just dove into it and committed myself to solid three years. of. Uh, that's all I, I did. I didn't even surf. Why?
0: Because it was something new, interesting? It was, was new. About it that I you? didn't
1: have to deal with any crowds. With it, I would go out and kind of hang out outside the statue at the lane, uh, indicators. And I was getting waves from out there all the way to the uh, pier and just just doing my laps. And just like, didn't matter if somebody was burning me or whatever because...
0: You just cut back and then...
1: Oh, yeah, but you're not feeling the wake. You're just feeling the pure energy. And, And I think that was a big part of it is just feeling that pure energy
0: of the ocean with that thing. Yeah, You're just feeling it and... D- it's a different same. paradigm. I remember yeah. watching you starting to do that. Like remember Zach, I tried his, saw you, and then started. You were just like full commit to it. And then watching you as I was like surfing with my kids or something, mm-hmm. just like getting better and better and longer rides yeah. and just arcing turns and yeah. this, like like you had it. Just oh, the turns! I, just, I, I, I whoo- yeah.
1: I keep on saying it. I've had better roundhouse uh, cutback yeah. on one of those things than I ever have on a surfboard. You know, yeah. When you're throwing into a turn and re- leaning it over the,
0: you know, when you're gaining speed. Yeah. 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 And that technology has danced a lot in the last few years, right? Oh I mean, yeah. In the mid, yeah. Like,
1: t- so the foils were pretty bad back then. I started making my own,
0: which was freaking hard. <laughs> I, bet. I Yeah.
1: It was really hard. And then I, I got hooked up with Axis foils mm-hmm. and so I was really stoked. They, they have a really good, foils out there yeah and uh so i was yeah i didn't have to make them anymore yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah man jeez, yeah then now you're making boards you made you made me a prone surf foil board i don't even have to say foil surf or foil and you just showed me today the wing foil boards you're making and so then talk about that so you Sir, prone surf foil. Yeah, got it. And at some point, then the, actually, right after that, then suddenly it's like the wing thing came yeah. out. Yeah, you're like, whoa. Yeah.
1: So the wing thing came out, and I was just like, eh, that's, you know, I wasn't buying it in the first year of it. Then I started watching some uh, YouTube videos, and I was just like, oh, I kind of get it now. It's a lot easier to do. Like, prone foiling is the hardest thing, hands down, to do. Yeah, hands down. This. The learning curve is so steep. Yeah. And it's just so unnatural from you know, being a surfer Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Everything's opposite. And so the wing foil, you know, if you kind of get off balance a little bit, you got the power of the wind to bring you back up. And uh, so on that aspect, it's a lot easier. Yeah, just the boards that I see out there, 95% of them are... Fucking garbage. <laughs> Sorry <Yeah. to> say. <laughs> and the design. The and, and design. The construction. And construction, like- design. So me and a buddy of mine, this Jonah, he's mm-hmm. just really smart on all this stuff. He's He was a professional windsurfer, kiter, just really good in design and stuff. And uh, we were talking one day. He's like, yeah, you know, you're getting these guys that are really good on a computer that can that." Die- Design stuff, and they want to design all this, you know, crazy concaves and this and that, and it's all BS. It's just theory, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, if it doesn't yeah, work, it, yeah. yeah. So this is what, what I say. So with your wing foil board, you want that thing to release off the water super fast. If you put concave in it, it mm-hmm. sticks. Concave sticks. Mm-hmm. So a good test to do is cup your hand, put in water, and pull yeah. it out, and how mm-hmm. it kind of bend your hand backwards and pull it out, and see how quick. Huh how easy that comes off the water on all like on a prone board, I'll, I'll put concave in it. Cause I want that board to kind of stick to the water a little bit longer. So you got time to jump to your feet, then, hmm. then get it to release. Whereas with a wing board, you want that thing to release fast, fast. That's why I won't, I don't put any hard edges up in my nose with a prone board. Sometimes you got to pearl that board on a takeoff. And so yeah. a hard edge is going yeah. to kind of catch and grab and pull you. Whereas a nice roll V up in there, you're you'd be able to curl it and still turn the board without it doing any kind of work stuff then release yeah. off of it. Jeez, so man. yeah, that's the same thing with <laughs> the my wing boards is they're a rolled V up in front. that my edges start about halfway into the board and then it's just a real slight V. Mm-hmm. Something that just kind of rock back and forth and release super yeah. quick.
0: What's rad is that you kind of practice what you preach. Like you're building boards because you're on boards. You're out in the water yeah. doing all this stuff. You know, which is cool. I, I I love that aspect. Yeah, man, it's it's cool. Like these boards you made are super sick. And oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, they, they came out killer. Again, one like you have like a lab almost. Like you you your lab is your freaking shaping shack. Yeah, like, I mean, I can't imagine like the. The creativity that just comes out in that place over years, you know, but it is like if you, if you had, look, you Google searched surfboard shaping shack, Mm -hmm. your shack should be the thing that comes out (laughs) because it's a shack Yeah, yeah. and it's awesome. It's got all the pieces. So like just where is your shack? Where I'm at, there's a, it should be a documentary and that's not coming from my
1: words. I've had Mm -hmm. like quite a few people go, Hey, there's need to be a documentary out here. Because, you know, before me, it was uh, Westcliff Glassing, and they had a bunch of shapers out there at that time, too. That uh, where my shop, where my glassing and sanding and shaping room is, that was the shaping room. And then it was, wow, yeah, so you'd have like Coletta, Joey Thomas... People wouldn't even know that were, yeah. been around and gone and passed away and stuff like Full that. Legacy of, yeah, yeah, just
0: surfboard building, building out there,
1: out, out there. And then, uh, then you had the glassing, then another, the you had the yeah, um, okay. sanding and glossing. So they kind of shut their doors, and I was lucky enough to get in there in '92. And it's a horse stable, which is yeah. cool. It's just yeah. like it's just and
0: north of Santa Cruz, like not even a yeah. mile. And it's just, you like think of like some industrial area, like for surfboard or anything yeah. kind of manufacturing. But it's a
1: really this bitchin', kind of like horse um, yeah.
0: stable with little buildings. And you it's kind like, of like uh, how it was out on the North
1: Shore when they had um, country? Um, oh, TNC. Well, not town and country. Oh. It was um, country surfboards, was mm. it? Gosh dang! I can see the logo. Yeah, I can't think of the name, yeah. but it was all there was. A bunch of uh, shops behind Sunset.
0: Oh, cool. up on the hill there, just rural, just like yep. little yeah, buildings. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, and, yeah. Um, yeah. So, wow. so you've been there for thirty years, basically. Uh, thirty some odd years. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing, man. That's such a cool spot. Yeah, and you got all your stuff in there. No, and so part of that too is kind of also transitioning. I like geeking out on the idea of like a place where you know there's so much creativity. Like you in that shh, in that in your space for mm-hmm. thirty plus years glassing thinking about boards, but also like at some point you started creating art out of the resin right. that you lo- you use from glassing Classic. boards. So yeah. how'd that come to be as well?
1: That all came down to Grubby Clark, two thousand what two thousand five Black Monday, Grubby uh, closed its doors with uh, for the Clark blanks. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Big meltdown. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, right before support. Christmas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're like,
1: oh, my God, what are we going to do? Go and showed up to the shop. It was about eight o'clock. We're, like, we're talking. We're like, what are we going to do? We went down to Paul's. <laughs> went down. He had no blanks to shape. There's no business coming in. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, he, he shut his doors. Boom. Yeah. No blanks. Well, you know, we, you uh, know, every shaper had a few blanks yeah. here and there. But yeah, we went down to Paul's and started, had a couple of drinks, went back to my shop and I was looking at my rack and people would go, oh, that looks like art. Because it was this big, massive resin collection that came on on what? Out, like how did that come uh, It was a catch rack. So it was up off the floor. So, you know, it was at that time, 12,
0: 1500 boards of that thing. It was and so all the excess resin that came yeah. off the boards your glassing would collect. Make a cool shape kind Just, of.
1: Just, uh, no, it was not so it was in the, the rack itself, but it would build up. So that thing was over like a foot and a half thick. Big chunk. Yeah, big chunk. Like, okay, I'm going to try to make something out of it. So I made this one, it was a wave, yeah. Wave that it was uh, that I donated for this guy, Mike Wash. He was this phenomenal craftsman that worked out at a hot shop. He'd be in there summertime, no gloves, mask hat hanging around his <laughs> oh, neck, smoking God. a ciggy, cores or Budweiser yeah. in the corner. And doing fin layups and going, God, these things are coming out so perfect. And I'm like, Mike, fuck, what are you doing? <laughs> put your mask on. At <laughs> yeah, least. And, and gloves. And he, he just put his hands in <laughs> acetone and was. He's like, man, they came out so perfect. I was like, you got a sander. <laughs> and so he ended up getting a brain tumor, ended up passing away. But uh, so I made this wave sculpture. I donated it for the auction and got really good response off it. And that was kind of the whole thing that, Got me to start doing the sculptures.
0: So, but th- explain like what? So it was a, a giant block of basically fiberglass resin. And mm-hmm. you just a lot started, of
1: resin, not too much fiberglass. A lot of got resin. resin. Yeah, but yeah. you start. How do you like work with that? Is it so? It's basically you're working with rock. It's super hard. So I'd go back and cut it up with uh, my chainsaw. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> cut it up. I got these special blades that were made to cut into roots and with the rocks yeah. and that kind of stuff. No way, really? So, yeah. <laughs> so went in there, you know, cut up chainsaw and then took out my grinders, this all my yeah my board, all my tools that I work with surfboards and that's how I do my sculptures. And this, no you know, you know, working with no. surfboards and all that, and it's a really cool flow to them, and that's how I of brought that into my sculptures. So I wanted a good flow to them. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of mo- a lot of movement and that kind of stuff. And one thing
0: too, like I can visualize it, but like for folks listening, it's imagine there's a, just a ton of colors because it's 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 oh yeah this color it's that color it yeah. all collected. So yeah. there's swirls. There's odd weird colors that yeah. you couldn't just create. Yeah, and but that's what these this art is. It's not just like clear or it's yeah. not just blue. It's like this crazy which adds so much neat dimension to oh, it. Oh yeah, big Those time, a lot of dimension to it. Yeah. And
1: then I figured out, it took me a little bit, I used to like gloss and polish them, which was a paint in the butt. But then, Random corners. Yeah. But then I would I figure out a way to uh, do the epoxy finish on them, get no runs on it. Oh, wow. And then they, I'd, I would have glass artists go, how do, how do you do that with their glass?
0: Oh, no way! That's yeah. so rad. So you created this piece, this wave, and I, I remember seeing it. And it's insane. You've done more, but you've had this like dude, you, you're like at a level where you have them in galleries in like, Hawaii oh, yeah. and Carmel and Santa Cruz. It's not yeah. just it's not We're a good. hobby. Yeah, like yeah. maybe it is, but you're like yeah. you're good at that, at that.
1: It was half my income coming yeah. in. Wow.
0: And uh, I had after the
1: pandemic, all the galleries shut up. Cl- well, not shut up, close the doors. Yeah. And so I pulled everything out. During that time, Ford crazy. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, wanted yeah, to be a surfer. Yeah, 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 it's <laughs> true. That's very true. Yeah. So you can't and do it all, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. so I kind of miss it. I want to get back in there and start Yeah.
0: grinding Yeah. yeah. carving. That's cool. Like, I can see, so somebody could come to you, like me, and be like, hey, Vince, I want a 6-4, blah, 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 and I could kind of prescribe what I want. You could, you're you still creative, or you just got to create that thing for me. Uh And that's awesome. And you get in that flow, but then there's like this block of resin and it's like, nobody's asking you for any specific thing out of it, but you then can just, you decide what you see there. It could be a, whatever. Oh, oh, So there's a different like element of creativity there, which contrast those two where, you know. It's so
1: funny because there's so many times where I see one thing at, when I start working on it, then I'm like, oh, that ain't working. I got to change something and i'll go complete opposite yeah with it and yeah that happens all the time that's cool it's just in the chunk of resin when i when i cut it up it kind of dictates to mm. me what i'm going to do with it yeah there's so many pieces that i've done where it's like Fuck, this is what i don't want to do with it and i'm like no the, the, yeah. the lines aren't flowing it, it doesn't want to go there yeah, yeah yeah that's so cool you got to go that's okay cool. this thing's telling me to go this way so you got to go with it that's
0: bitching man yeah yeah that's so cool um, that must be so fun. So like how many hours would it take for you to create a piece and then do the epoxy thing where you would be happy with it, giving it to somebody who's selling it? Like, is that a week? Oh, is it 50 hours, 100 hours just a hundred hours? Uh, it all depends on what the piece
1: is and how comp- complicated it is. My pride and joy was I did the surfboard. Have you seen I that? I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. It's a 5'9 wing swallow twin fin out of one solid chunk of resin wow. that when I started, it weighed over 350 pounds of the chunk of resin, and I whittled it down to finish weight was 101 pounds. Wow, you took two-thirds off. That was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. How long did it take? Uh, I lost count after
0: 120 like hours into it, but like like day one to day, whatever is it? Two weeks? Is oh, like, two um, months? Months. months? Like months? Because it's, it's yeah, not. Every, I,
1: you're just like I couldn't work on it. Yeah. You know, every day I had to yeah. you know do yeah. Yeah, had to to you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but you yeah. saw that vision. So, but yeah. So, how do you get such a gigantic block of resin? Was that was that so excess things? Yeah. So that, that was, was, off the, was off
1: the rack. So the rack was seven feet long by twenty-four inches wide. Three hundred
0: pounds. How many, surf, okay. how many glass surfboards oh, that went into that that over piece
1: a thousand. he thousand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have a certain amount, a certain price on it and somebody offered me close to
0: it wow. and it was hard to turn down, but where's it at now? Where is it? So I got it at the house. That's so cool. How fun, how fun, Ben. Back to like the original question we started with, <laughs> which is when somebody, if I asked, oh, so-and-so, what do you, when I say Vince Broglie, what do you think? It could be one of those different uh, things. And this is the other part is that, that, that the artist part. And so I, I was thinking to myself, like, what do I think? You know, because I, I remember you when I was like Grom and then, like, hanging out and, like, party, you know, there, uh, all yeah. kinds of different stuff. Yeah. And there's two bits that I think of when I think of you. One is, like, just that, like, that creativity piece, you know, like, uh-huh. you create stuff, which is so cool yeah. in a lot of different formats, ways, yeah. which I love that. The second one, and kind of like to wrap us up here, is there's also this like element of longevity. You, one of my rules of the podcast, I don't say ages of people, uh you my own, right? Yeah. (laughs) But you, Nate, throw some dates so people Uh can kind of guess. So, one thing that I think when I think of you is just longevity of just pushing it still. Mm But a lot of other guys can be like, oh, my back or, oh, this. Find excuses to not still be getting after it in the water. Yeah. So here's the question, I guess, is just share your philosophy of longevity, being in the water as long as you can and still like getting after it. You can't let the crowds get to you. You just,
1: you got to just love it. It's this, you know, there's days you're going to get pissed out there. But I got so much love for it that, I'm going to be out there. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's this, uh, you got to keep yourself in shape. The older you get, your fast twitch muscles and your balance start to go. So I, I, I work on a lot of that kind of stuff, balance stuff, where they're made by the um, the same company as, you know, the those round balls. Yeah. Yeah. So they're uh, like a 12-inch disc, yeah. air-filled. So I'll right. do a you lot kind of, of stuff. Balance. Yeah, yeah.
0: So actively, you do that.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's Yeah, cool. so I'll do a lot of, like, one-leg stands on that and try to, you know, hold it for, uh, you know, 30,
0: 40 seconds and, you know, lift the other leg out, try to put it out. That's that great. Kind of stuff, yeah. It's not good, not just good for your balance, but for, like, your parts
1: balance. of your
0: body, like your, yeah. your glutes and stuff, which yeah. help keep your back good uh-huh. and your knee good. Like, I'm just yeah. learning this now. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good things to that. So that's yeah. a huge thing for you is, like, proactively keeping yourself physically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, shape. you, you got to keep yourself
0: somewhat in shape this year's been
1: really hard <laughs> with all the rain and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. over in that yeah, it's yeah just man. you know just doing a little stuff a little scratching this and that that's awesome couple yeah. beers yeah, <laughs> yeah. brought a couple beers here and there
0: cool well vince i love that last part because for me who's you know a few, a, a few years younger than you, but I'm getting to that point where, like, this is hurting and that's hurting. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, not spending much time in okay. the water. And I'm, you're one person, like, guy like Mike Dillery, like others I know, yeah. or, like, I love the approach and philosophy to, like, just long, just keeping going as long as you can. You know? Yeah. So that's why I love that, was, that conversation.
1: Yeah. Kind of go back on that real quick. I've had a little bit of a problem with my knee this year. There's days I was just going out the cows and riding them on my stomach having a
0: gas mm-hmm. doing that
1: so much fun. Just taking out the longboard and just yeah. ride them on the stomach and
0: try to get yeah, two rides. I know a little two footer, you know, I love that because there's this when you can try and check your ego at the door in the water, mm, yeah. you have so much more fun. Oh you know? yeah. Like the surf mat. Yeah. You know, you could diss those, but if you've actually look at it, like the yeah. people who write surf mats, they have so yeah. much fun. <laughs> yeah. I haven't ridden one yet, but I'm going to, but it's yeah. like, just have fun in the water. It doesn't yeah. matter kind of what you're running, you are know? doing. Yeah surfers have big, <laughs> big huge. eagles. Huge. <laughs> I know. I know. It's yeah. true. It's and true. And like you he said it
1: perfectly, you know, let that, you know, got to let the ego go and uh, yeah. just have fun just with enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah,
0: no, yeah. I agree, man. Cool. Well, Vince, I this has been fun. I can keep going. We can keep going for hours. Any last, if you see yourself in five, ten years, any, any big goals you still have in front of you with any of the stuff we talked about, glassing, surfing, foiling, winging, if there's one other thing, is there anything out there that you're you got on the bucket list? Oh, get so done. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> just keep doing that. <laughs> no, as long as like, can... start there. Yeah. <laughs> get up in the morning, and then yeah. figure out what yeah. we're going to do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, no,
1: just uh, you know, I got you know friends that are older than me, like ten years and older than me, and uh, they're in their mid seventies and. They're still out there yeah. enjoying it. You know, he's got Steve Coletti he's down in Mexico, and my another friend of mine, uh, Gary Stracken and, and you know, he's still out there surfing and kiting and all that stuff. I look at those guys and they're like, Okay, I gotta make it to that. Yeah. That that's my yeah, I gotta make it to where they're at. Yeah. I can just yeah. keep on yep. seeing setting goals like
0: that. Yeah. To man. Keep out.
1: Pick out the older guy and see him out there and go, okay, I got to chase that one.
0: Yeah. No, that's what you are for me, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank thank <you. laughs> but what I do, I will, and I've been talking about a big game, but like I, I'm looking forward to when we wing foil downwind from like oh, yeah. Davenport all the way down one day. Like, yeah, I can't, that's going to be yeah. cool. So that's, that's going cool. to happen. Yeah, we'll just start out, do little baby steps and just yeah. jump into Scott's, go down to Davenport and hang out. And, that's what I need, yeah. man. Awesome. Well, Vince, thank you. This has been awesome and thanks for sharing and everything i appreciate it thank you so much for uh getting me on here
1: of course super stoked (laughs)
0: yeah all right man thanks again for being here today if you like what you heard please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to the podcast on your podcast player and or give me a follow on instagram this ocean life see you next time